0: Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan and You are listening to What the Flock, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Hey, Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Jonathan. Welcome to another episode of What the Flock. Yeah, I'm excited. This is great. Hey. <laughs> A great life that we live together. Sure is a great life. Speaking of life, that is today's topic, life. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Would you give us some background on this topic?
1: We are in season five that we've deemed the God's will season. We've uncovered the doctrine of truth, including how to determine truth. Now we continue with covering doctrine that are necessary to understand in order to understand God's heart and his will. And the doctrine of life is right there in the middle of it. So in this episode, we'll see that much of the pain in this area, in the area of the doctrine of life, the area that's been caused around this topic, has been caused by people only seeing life in one dimension and by the end of this episode what we will be discussing and what we'll uncover today is how god sees life in three dimensions
0: aha uh-huh. so today yeah. is it we're talking about the metaverse
1: the meta the the meta <laughs> yeah the metaverse yeah we'll be diving into the metaverse Today, we're going to help people understand that you see things in three dimensions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I get it. Oh, right. I get it. So how have people been hurt by this topic in the church? How has this topic of life caused disunity?
1: Well, the really what this looks like is life only being defined as existing. That's kind of one side of this. Or this topic is often just simply ignored due to people taking it for granted because they're, quote unquote, alive. So it's really, we're either oversimplifying what life means according to God and his word, or we're just ignoring it altogether, taking it for granted because when my heart beats, that means I'm living, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So people are missing out on a huge revelation regarding what God wants for all people. We've covered how God wants all people to grow and understanding the doctrine of life helps us understand what God means by growth and also by implication how we're meant to respond to when we aren't growing or when we're wrong.
0: Nice. What does this conflict look like in the church when these topics come up, it's, we've seen time and time again, that a loose side forms and a strict side forms. So can you bring us through the strict perspective on the topic of life?
1: Yeah, the strict side is just simply life means existence. You exist, you're alive. That is what life means. Your heart is beating. That is what life means.
0: And how do these people support that perspective with the Bible?
1: Well, here's a really famous and important verse, Genesis 9, 4, but flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall you not eat? So here we're talking about, you know, this, the life is in the blood, one of these really great verses in the in the Bible. I can use this, though, especially in conjunction with, you know, blood and life being blood and life and flesh all being compared in this verse. And to say that this is physical blood is in our flesh. It's what physically helps us live. Therefore it's very much. And that's what happens on the strict side. It's very much a focus on the physical, on the tangible, on the short term. And, and that would simply, that would be the essence of this side and the biblical support they would have.
0: How would you handle an interaction with someone that held this strict perspective? Well, I'd bring
1: up another verse. In John 10, 10, Jesus says we ought to have abundant life. So what does that mean if life is merely existence? Here's a here's a further question. Do people in the lake of fire, or what traditionally people would call hell, exist forever? Mm. And the answer is yes, right? Yeah, they do. Christians on you know, Christians would say yes to that. Well, if they exist forever and your definition of life is existence, does that mean they have eternal life? And it's like, well, no. Wow. All right. So that exposes a contradiction then. People in the lake of fire exist forever, but they don't have eternal life. Therefore, life must be more than just existence.
0: Nice. Or if it's just physical, then to have abundant life means I need to have uh, greater blood transfusions. Like I need to have yeah. more quantity of blood in my physical body.
1: Right. So that's where it's... Like, how do, you, how do you grow your existence? Nice. How do you have more existence? So that would be another good question to ask. How do you have more existence?
0: Nice. So the summary of the strict perspective where we're at right now is life is existence.
1: Duh. Yeah, duh. <laughs> <And> simple, <laughs> oversimplified, but yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah, and duh is in quotes. <laughs> duh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Duh. Now, before we get into the loose perspective, let's go ahead and take a call from Crowley, Louisiana. Nice. This must be Pastor Rich. Hey, Pastor Rich, you're on the line.
2: Uh, Yeah. Hello, Pastor Johnson, Pastor Joel. How y'all doing today?
1: Oh, we're doing well. It is really good to hear from you. What do you have to say about the doctrine of life, Pastor Rich?
2: Well, Pastor Joel, I was raised that life is what you give and what you have to live for Jesus. So anytime I wasn't doing something specifically for the church, other Christians would ask, are you living for Christ right now?
0: Are you okay, Pastor Rich? Hey, I was thinking, how, how is Drew doing? And the last time you called, we were really excited to hear about his transformation.
2: Yeah, well, honestly, Drew is doing better than ever. However, Drew's friends are giving him a hard time calling him Andrew still and, you know, reminding him of all the things he used to do.
0: Well, but aren't people happy that he's turned his life around?
2: Well, actually, uh, Pastor Jonathan, it seems like about a third of the church is not only upset with Drew, but they're actually against the restoration
1: program. I was afraid this might happen. Drew seems to have actually gone beyond restoration and into repair. And others used to feel good about themselves because Andrew was a mess. Now they're afraid that they are going to be the one everyone else will look down on.
2: I think that is exactly what's happening. You know, his friends want to see Drew turn back into Andrew rather than having to grow themselves. Well, what do y'all think I'm supposed to do about this?
1: I think you know the answer, Pastor Rich.
2: (sighs) I do. I need to confront them in love about whether they're loving Drew or enabling themselves.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry you're going through this. But I believe you are the perfect person to help Drew's friends.
2: Well, thank you, Pastor Jonathan. Uh, I know you're right. You know, even though my dad may not say it, I know this is his favorite podcast. God bless you both.
0: Oh, thank you so much for the call, Pastor Rich. Oh, he's going through a lot, Pastor Joel and Drew's experiencing life more abundantly, but his friends are more upset. Can you explain that?
1: Yeah, this is something we've we've seen in our lives. It's really about self-esteem. Yeah. His friends used to feel good about themselves at Drew's expense or at Andrew's expense. And then when Andrew was experienced restoration and was transformed into this different man represented by even calling him Drew instead of Andrew, now his friend's source of energy and happiness was gone. So they want actually to put him back into his spot so that they can feel good about themselves At his expense It's a bummer This is why we included the doctrine of life In our journey to understanding truth Because truth upsets people Who aren't humble
0: Yeah, that's true
1: Likewise, people who demonstrate life Upset people Who are in pride And I think that's what we're seeing Through Pastor Rich Is what's happening to Drew and Drew's friends
0: that makes a lot of sense, Pastor Joel. Unfortunate, but it makes it a lot of sense. It does. Yeah. So what's the other side of the argument? What is the loose side? The loose
1: side is I'm alive since Christ is the life and I'm a Christian. So I'm good. I don't need to worry about it or think about it anymore.
0: And how have people been hurt by that perspective?
1: Well, people are missing out on a huge part of our responsibility as Christians, and people are missing out on a huge benefit of being Christians. In fact, this doctrine, the doctrine of life, is the key to us humans getting over the I can't be wrong mentality or the perfection means having no flaws or even this mentality or this belief that I get to heaven by not sinning.
0: How would you handle an interaction with someone who held the loose perspective?
1: So I'd start in the same spot as in the strict side by bringing up John ten ten, where Jesus says we ought to have abundant life. And then I'd ask further questions. What is abundant life? Is it more stuff? How about, are you living an abundant life? Nice. Are you helping others live an abundant life?
0: Those are great questions. Yeah. When you see this going on in the church, the loose side, the strict side, and how they've responded to the topic of life, what are your thoughts?
1: I tend to categorize people into three groups there's the people that I feel sorry for, the people which means you know we' like to emphasize this periodically is we these are people we have compassion on because mm-hmm. it's not a good position to be in these are people who are missing out on the benefits of being a Christian, the benefits of being a Christian and they're missing out on experiencing abundant life or worse, the people who are depressed and actually believe that, Being in a state of depression is the life God wants them to live. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: There's the group of people that I understand why they do what they do. These are people who know God wants and offers more for their lives, but these people aren't getting the answers or the experiences from the very people whose job it is to give those answers and experiences to. Nice. And then there's a group of people I'm impressed with. These are the people who pursue life in all areas, mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. They pursue those areas for themselves and they make sure that they have life in those areas before helping other people have life in those areas.
0: I love that. (laughs) That's such a great man. That is such a rare, that last category, such a rare group of people. My favorite part, what is the ultimate answer for the topic of life, Pastor Joel?
1: Well, C.S. Lewis wrote in Mere Christianity that the difference between a live body and a dead body is that a live body can, when it is damaged, repair itself to some extent. So I believe C.S. Lewis was hearing from God when he wrote this. The definite the definition of life, the ability to repair, fits the uses within God's words, within God's word, and it is the non-contradictory definition in line with this doctrine of life. So the ultimate answer: life is the ability to repair. So let's dig into this a little bit deeper. As we promised seeing life in three dimensions. I'll just lay it out for you. One, life is existence. That's seeing life as one-dimensional. Two, life is the ability to physically repair or to physically grow. And three, seeing life in three dimensions would be, yes, it would include Dimension one, existence. Dimension two, the physical ability to repair, but also the ability to repair spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. So most people have a one-dimensional view of life. They see it as a binary concept. Either you are physically dead or physically alive. However, we saw and referred to John 10.10 multiple times in this episode when Jesus said we could and, and ought to have abundant life. Jesus can't only be talking about existence here. What would abundant existence be, right? We right. and we covered that already. How right. can I be how can I exist more?
0: Right.
1: If it's binary, one or zero, it's either one or zero. Nice. So life according to Jesus, according to God the Father must mean something and include something more. So this means life is quantitative, meaning we can have more of it. We can grow in the amount or quantity in which we are able to repair. Now, let's go back to restoration. Restoration gets something from damaged, something broken, back to its original state. Think of you know the restoration of these really cool classic cars. When a classic car is restored, the point is let's get it back to what it would have looked like When it came off of the assembly line out of the factory,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: moving into repair goes past restoration. Repair brings something from damaged to restored and then further into a state that is better than it was before the damage happened. So this explanation would agree with, the doctrine of life, having the possibility of being abundant, because you could have more or less ability to repair. So what does it take to repair? The body must be able to fix damaged areas into a situation where it is better than it was originally. Now think of a cut or a scrape on your body. Your body works to heal that wound. A live body being able to physically repair could be seen as the two-dimensional view of life. Sure. But wait, we know there's more. John 15, Jesus teaches God's way of growth is repair. John 15 talks about pruning the part that is healthy so that it becomes more healthy, even though that first step is painful. mm This is how God brings about more in our physical existence. So we can take this further into the spiritual application that Jesus always seemed to do. When Jesus spoke of life and abundant life, Jesus was not merely speaking of physical life. He wasn't merely talking about your existence. He wasn't merely talking about your physical ability to repair. Jesus also said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life that's John 663 so words aren't physical right So how can words be life and not just bring life and how can words a spiritual entity have this ability to repair within it well it must mean that life transcends the physical so life is also qualitative nice. The words that Jesus spoke give us the ability to repair, which is God's righteousness through us, Hmm. which we know comes via grace. Words can give life, words can bring death. But the words that the Holy One, Jesus, spoke were from the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, and bring life. They bring the ability to repair. So there must be life in areas other than the physical. Life also applies to the emotional, the spiritual, and mental states, not just the physical. And this is the three-dimensional view of life. Jesus offers us the ability to repair ourselves in every area, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically. Not only in this existence, but also for eternity. So again, the one-dimensional view of life would be existence. The two-dimensional view would be the physical ability to repair. In the three dimensional view, would be the spiritual, mental, and emotional ability to repair.
0: So, if we follow these words of Jesus qualitatively in all of these areas in our life, you know, quanti- quantitatively, so the more we live the words of Jesus in our life or put them into practice, the more life we're going to have and we're going to experience. Yes.
1: Awesome. So let's finish this explanation by bringing this back to our hero, Jesus, once again. Because who is the ultimate life or what we know as the life? Yeah. What's well, Jesus? Why and how? Well, we know life, the life of the body is in the blood. The Bible talks about that the body's ability to repair is in the blood. So Jesus's blood which we know is was necessary for us to receive salvation and eternal life provides the ultimate ability to repair. And finally in conclusion a couple tips for applying this topic. Yes. I referred to earlier Really, God's grace being the key thing for us to have abundant life. God is the source of life. He is the creator of life. So one of the ways where we can grow our life and become more abundant is by growing in grace and faith. Grow my ability to take direction from a God I cannot see in more areas more over time really it's fundamental christianity you want to grow in the doctrine of life take direction from god and confess and repent when i don't and then number 2 tips for applying the doctrine of life i'd br- i would bring up the four principles of truth that we covered earlier in this season each one of these four areas and all of them combined help us determine and live out truth. And it's really truth, facts that create over the long-term that is going to be the source of us experiencing more and more abundant life. So really, that would be the the quick tips for applying this, grow in grace and faith and continue to use the four principles of truth.
0: That is amazing. I'm reminded of, you know, in this first tip about applying life is you know to take direction from god by grace through faith and that really when we do that the first time it's called our you know salvation like we've talked about before
1: you become born again right yeah you become born, born again into this new spiritual life life life
0: yeah, yeah yet we're told to work it out yeah we're told to work out our oh, own nice. salvation which is great because now we're talking about a process It's a spiritual exercise, right? Exactly. That we're working out. That's great. And powerful four principles.
1: Yeah. And listen to those episodes again and, and applying any of those. And then ideally all of those together is another way to intentionally go after becoming and
0: having more abundant life. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.